before we open up for questions and comments. So here we go. The reading tonight is page 60. Let me uh, get back to this. <clears throat> it's the bottom of the page, the last paragraph. The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be. Still the play doesn't suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion? that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well. Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are things which he wants? And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as most people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our pro protestations, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, our self-pity? And we'll stop right there, Paul. <clears throat> all right, well, I'm going to add the next paragraph. Can okay, you, go, me? go yeah, for it. So selfishness, self-centeredness, with an exclamation point that we think is the root of our troubles. 
driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity. We step on the toes of other fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that it's at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which laid, later placed us in a position to be hurt. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, this is a, this obviously rather important stretch in the book. Um, this last sentence, finally getting this last sentence really uh, had a lot to do with the boat turning in a different direction. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later place us in a position to be hurt. So I used to use the example of you're in a bar and you're looking at some girl and you know her boyfriend's down at the other end of the bar. Uh, 10 minutes later, the guy gets upset, punches you in the face. Your story to everybody else is this guy just came out of the blue and punched me in the face as if I had nothing to do with it. But then AA gives you a 20 minute uh, before picture and then you see your role in things. Yeah. And that changes the whole thing. The story of be of being the one begrieved and put upon you recognize your own role in things. And this was a huge uh, shift in me brought about by the program. Yeah. And I have some family members now that this is one of the, the tripping points. They just don't see their role in things. And they've been in AA, in and out of AA for years, yet they just do not see their role in uh, and where they find themselves. They're very clear what they believe is other people's roles in where they find themselves, but there's a complete blind spot in seeing that. And I think that's why it keeps happening. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, and this is the beauty of AA. If you just do a fourth step, I don't care with the exact nature wrong or not, hopefully the fourth column is going to connect to the first column and you're going to see your role in why you're so mad at wendy let's say and what happens it gives you a different view that perhaps these people are sick and perhaps you're sick and a whole different way of holding it and uh so here you know being convinced uh where was it Oh, you started, I think you started here. Selfishness, self-centeredness. Uh, I just I just see self as something foreign. That's the only way it works. Yeah. I I try to look at self as me and 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 try to have it rehab and rebuilt and re uh, programmed. And it was just fruitless tell you the truth because whatever i was doing it was claiming to be the doer of just like it says here the person who's been driven by self can be virtuous kind it doesn't matter it's the identification before the action virtuous kind mean and resentful 
there's a sense of being a self that's doing it. That's the bondage, yeah? So the bondage isn't only what we call the bad characteristics. The bondage uses both sides of the characteristics because that's what it does, yeah? If you're good, it's going to claim to be the one who's good. If you're bad, it's going to claim to be the one who's bad. And the bondage of self isn't based only on the bad shit. It's based on whatever comes after. It claims it. It claims to be the doer. And it's obvious if you just review your life for a second that you were compelled to do a lot of shit you wouldn't do on your own. Yeah. Something drove you. Like it says, we're driven by a hundred forms of self and what does that mean to be driven it means something took over and used you for transportation yeah what is that is it you or is it a foreign pathogen or foreign programming or however you to me it was super important to see it as other as i as long as i was calling it some part of me or whatever the bondage continued when I saw it as other, the possibility of being free from it became available. It was just that obvious, yeah? I saw self on that page 64, being convinced self manifested in various ways. I have not been mentioned yet. That first sentence is not mentioning me at all. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated me. I'm not mentioned. That is not a description. Yes. That's a state that's overriding, let's say, my state, which is self. That's the bondage of self. No? Being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. I finally saw self and felt self as something other than me. And then a lot of shit made sense. Yeah. That wasn't making sense. And I see in the program and in the community, we have the ability to be grateful for something doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. But we're super unclear about recognize what's accountable for a lot of the old behaviors was not us. It was this parasite or alcoholism. We have the ability to see the higher power is doing through me what I could not do for myself. But why are we blind? To the, to the seeing of how self has defeated us. I don't understand. It's like a huge blackout. Yeah. We have the ability. I feel the spirit move through. It's changed my life in the program. Gratitude and honor. When you go back into the past, I did all that shit. Give me a freaking break. The lower power was was directing you just like the higher power is now. Yeah. Give all credit to what's what it's due. And I don't see it. I see we take on a responsibility for a lot of shit that we weren't we were compelled to do. If you take out those uh, those compulsions, you don't do them during your day. Yes. I'm not going into the living room and getting on all fours and looking for some pieces of whatever, thinking it's cocaine. It's not, I'm not doing that shit. Yes. Yet 
while that was happening, my head was claiming, you're the doer of this fucking Paul. This is unbelievable. You're on your thing. But when it comes to miracles and grace, I'm readily giving it to the higher power. What's going on? I don't see that blind spot is manufactured by the disease. Yes. It will be grudgingly give you your new location, but it's going to fucking hold you to the past. Yeah. It's going to have you rooted in being the doer of shit you did 40 years ago and milking and shame and guilt out of it every fucking day. If that ain't slavery, I don't know what is. Tell you the truth. Yeah. So here you go. Let's say I'm in a meeting and I hear people very a lot of time, incredibly clear, yet having an incredible amount of fear and anxiety. Yeah. Or regret and remorse. Because there's they're still rooted in the idea that they did all that shit. I do not believe we consciously chose to get on all fours and look for fucking lint and thinking it was cocaine. I just don't. I do not believe it. And, and, and when that principle was revealed, it was lent to many other situations and occasions. And I started to realize when I looked at my role in thing, I saw self's role in things. Yeah. And now I don't do an inventory based on responsibility. I do an inventory based on accountability. Yeah. You're not going to, my dog shit on your lawn. You're not going to convince me that I shit on your lawn. It's very clear. The dog shit on the lawn. I make the amends. I pick up the shit. I change my, how I, where I take the dog on a walk, but you're never going to convince me. I took that shit on the lawn. No fucking way. Yeah. So how are you going to be free from the past if you're bound to the past? And how do you how are you bound to the past being the doer of that incredibly insane shit that happened? I just don't believe you did. You were the doer. I what you were used just like it says your old employer was using you just like their new employer is going to use you. If you look at the word employ, it means to use. So you were used in the past. Yeah, and you're being used now. All grace and gratitude which what to what's using me now. Where's the accountability to what used you in the past? You're still holding all those bags. That's not traveling lighter. So this is the point sometimes, and I love it. You know, we go into readings and we talk about this and that. I always want to bring it back to this point because I don't, you know, there's been so much light shed on the steps and every sentence and every period and everything, but I just don't feel there's a clear, broad, uh, understanding about the exact nature of the wrong. I just don't. Yeah. And so here we are humbly attempting to put out an idea. I'm not saying it's the idea, but maybe if you try it and it works, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see how you can travel lighter as self. I just don't. I just don't see it. Yeah. 
So, yeah. What does it mean when it says self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us? Doesn't us imply it's not self? Yeah, and us is a collective and self is singular. So one thing has collectively defeated us and it resides in the mind. What is that but a, but a fucking foreign pathogen in the control room, yeah? That talks to us, broadcasts its intentions to us, masked as our intentions. It talks to us as us, yeah? Yet it's leading us the way it wants to go. Yeah, That's why it seems funny or obvious, actually incredibly evidential when you look at how many people with all these different settings and finances and economics and education ending up in the three same parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. It sounds like a lot of these multi- different Fords and Chevys and Buicks were driven to the same fucking place by the same driver, self. Yes? Not us. We were driven. Self was the driver. So I think it's incredibly important to recognize it or you're going to be doing exactly what it just described. You're going to think that you're doing something, but it's actually self. Generous, kindness, doing service, yes? Yeah, the spigot has been, it's almost like the spigot's open, the water's running, but the pressure's way down. The juice of the joy is, is drip, 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 yeah? Something is like uh, tapping into it and sucking it out, still. And this is, that's why it's such a beautiful, apt description. Please relieve us of the bondage of self. It's unbelievable. Because please relieve us means, in other words, we can be free from self because it's not us. Yeah. So please relieve us of the bondage of self. What is that us? You can't say it's self. Yet we live as if it is, really. You can't say it's us, but we live as if it is. Yeah. So. Hmm. What is self-centeredness? In a way, it's it shrinks the your view, doesn't it? It just it shrinks it into a tunnel vision where you don't even see that you were trying to make it with the guy's girlfriend. That gets all blotted out. And all you see is this little segment that's seen, that's cut just to reinforce the precluded idea that I'm innocent, yes? That they're fucking with me. Even though you present the case to people, they don't want to see it. Because the self doesn't want to see it. The self doesn't want to do an inventory. 
It doesn't want you to look at your role in things because it knows you're going to see its role in things. That's why a lot of people leave at the fourth step. Because I know most people love taking other people's inventories. They do it like that. They don't take months to get into, oh, I've been taking months. You know, you see the person, you size them up, you've done an inventory, basically. But when it comes to our inventory, months and months of putting it's insane. You're going to tell me there's something, there isn't something fucked up in there? Of course there is. The parasite does not want us to look at our life because we will see its role in it. Yes, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't want us to do the ninth step and free ourselves from the past because that's its biggest, like, say, link in its little chain, Yeah being beholden or bonded to the past. And what are you bonded with? The idea of being the doer. Yeah. And in the in the view from the self's point of view, everything that's ever been done through you, you are the doer of. Yeah. Open and shut case. You're convicted. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel a lot of us are just living out a sentence based on the conviction of being the doer of, of all this shit we have really nothing to do with. Since, you know. And if it just takes a little bit of an understanding that open to open up that closet and see it not looking for light, but with light, the light of spirit, to recognize what is and what ain't, you may travel lighter. Yeah. How much, you know, what could traveling lighter look like? I don't know. You not calling anyone because you're all right, and a lot of people calling you because they're not. Yeah. <laughs> it could look that, that way. Yeah. And there's no difference other than something has been taken seriously, which is self, and then in, in the other. Aspect itself's not taken so seriously. And that's the provider of traveling lighter. Yeah. The loss of interest in self is the key. And you got to know self cannot lose interest in itself. That would be self interest. Yeah. So when you as self declare, I'm going to lose interest in self, that's more interest in self. <laughs> You can't get out of it if you're thinking you're in it. You can't. Self can't get out of self. So what's the way out? Recognizing you're not in. That's the way. There's only two doors, in or out. People tried to get out of self as self in a lot of our communities and became a, a very famous saying that's not from the book, which is self can't get out of self, which was came back. It bore, it bore out of observation. People recognized it, they weren't getting free as this idea of self. So the only other door is, are you in self? And if you see it as foreign, you see that self may be in you, but you're not in self, yes? Self may be in you, and it can also be out of you, but you're not in self. That's the beautiful diagnosis. Yeah. So that 
perhaps you know it's the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body is truly seemingly it's appearing to be so but it's not so what a joy really what a solution yeah so this is not getting out of self it's realizing you're not in self self is in you all right can it be extracted yes is there any methodology or a design for living or way of life yes recovery recovery will lose to a loss of interest in self (laughs) that's what it will (laughs) its whole premise of a spiritual awakening is a diminishing of the mental condition that's what a spiritual awakening is the mental condition diminishes and then you you wake up to the fact of what you are yes it's not the spirit doesn't awake it's always awake we wake up to that yes <laughs> yeah and then you'll be available and present and be of service yeah it's just you won't have it's not going to be like lifting heavy stones every day recovery progresses yeah it does Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, thanks. Hey, Kurt, thank you. The the reading is incredible, as always. I feel like it's great when you grow in recovery because you get so much out of the book every year, every month, yeah? Because you can see it completely different than you saw it eight months ago, yeah? Yeah. Is the book, yeah? The book isn't growing. <laughs> it's our awarenesses, yes. It's being freed from the bondage of self. So instead of being constantly aware of how we look or what it was like, what it's going to be like, we're now here. <laughs> and then when you're here, you realize you've never not been here. You've always been here. It was just this insane yapping that had us convinced that we could be somewhere else, yeah? Yeah. Could you imagine thinking you're disconnected from spirit? What an insane idea. It's an insane idea. It's your lifeblood. There's no existence without spirit. And you're thinking you're separated from it. That's the arrogance of the mental state. Yeah. Yeah. The mental state is like an add-on. It's like a voice box on a doll. It pulls its own string and says, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser. You're never going to be loved. You're never going to be loved. Uh-oh, you'll be destitute in about, I give you maybe, uh, I have to change my prophecy every time. You're going to be totally destitute. Wait, I heard that in 2018. What happened? Oh, you're going to, yes, it's just it's fucking so much false evidence just being spewed. And, uh, and what gives it the appearance of being real is us. Yeah. We buy it, yes. Unbeknownst to us, we are the reality lending itself to something that's not real. It's insane. So, yep. I would go on, but let's open it up. I, this reading, each paragraph can stand on its own. Really. Yeah. That was great, Paul. Yeah. I love your metaphors. Well, what started the whole reading was, you know, we were thinking about, it says, 
each person is like an actor. You know, I used to think it said, you are the actor. No, it's like an actor. You know, you're not the actor. The actor is this condition you're talking about. Yes. Yes. But when, exactly. You know, my, my experience with AA was, is, you know, as long as I, I kept hearing it, you know, like from that mental condition, well, I just thought that's how life was. And you just yes. play whack-a-mole with life. I mean, that's the only view that was accessible until something else happened. Yeah. Yes, exactly. See, that's sort of like a bondage would be a limitation. Yes. So let's say you have the ability to reach 12 feet, but you can only reach six feet. Something is binding you at that time would be like an overtight jacket or something. Yes. So what you can do without that jacket on, you can't do with the jacket on. So the bondage of self is sort of like that. And it, it's the part of the bondage is an incredible limitation of possibilities. So you're very rarely it's, it says it's possible you will be okay in a future date, but it uses that future date to verify you're not okay now. Yeah. yeah. So it really plays with time and it causes us to, uh, wish for a future state and in that's that moment we're denying the present state yes yeah yeah which is what is actually the fact of what we're conceptualizing as the future state <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't have to get ready the higher power, it doesn't see you the resume. It doesn't see shit. Yeah. If you fall, you get catched. You get caught. <laughs> yes. You're going to be taken care of if you stay close to it. You can't be far away from everywhere. So that requirement's met. And you perform its works well. Yeah. That's a pretty broad uh, statement. You could basically see everything or anything as performing its works well. What what are you assured of? If those requirements met, you're going to be taken care of. Why? It's all powerful. You mean it's more powerful than the circumstances and situations in this real world that could possibly happen to it? They state it, if you're into the big book, it says it's all powerful. Yeah. So basically, its power will override any other power. And if you stay close to it, you you're, can't be far and you perform its well, perform its, its works well, you are guaranteed to be taken care of. Hasn't that been an observational truth in your life? I have. I've, I've observed that for 34 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty sound contract, the higher power. It's just like when you decide to turn your will and life over to the care of higher power. Basically, it's, in a way, it's a done deal. It doesn't matter what you say, I'm going to take it back. In fact, the higher power, I don't think, sees it that way. You made the decision, here you go. What does it wait for? You do step four through nine. It activates, things start moving in a new direction. 
<laughs> by then it's too late. Your head's in the tiger's mouth. You can't say the, 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 the mechanism of recovery is turned on and you're gonna, you know, it's like being a, you know, you just stay on the operating table. Don't get up, don't play doctor. And yeah, it turns out a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's got any hands uh or would like to share just um raise your hand i don't see any right now oh uh, yes i do deborah it's deborah <laughs> I'm at this when I was uh, 22 years old, I, uh, I can't hear you. The whole, we can't. I, I can't hear you that well. All right, go. I have to turn my uh, getting about that. All right. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um. I uh I don't want to make a huge story out of this, but I was in a fundamentalist Christian church and I had a lot of trauma from it. And then I smack dab ran into Osho while questioning all this. And hey, uh, hey, hey Deborah, tell people who Osho was. They most people don't probably don't know it. Oh yeah. So uh he was when I ran into it, it was he was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh and he had a he had a, a commune out in Eastern Oregon. So I was yes, really right. questioning things and I got into this existential crisis because I had so much conflict of information on both sides that I had a psychotic break and I ended up in the hospital and um, uh, uh I kept trying to figure out what the hell happened to me. It took me like 10 years to crawl out of that. Talk about dark night of the soul. But, you know, I, I could say, oh, yeah, I accidentally was introduced too early, like almost a premature birth or something, you know. And uh, I don't know why it doesn't matter anymore why I went through it, because now it's like I'm ready. Uh, what I did was hmm. I tried to paste this egoic selfing back together and I ran like hell from it. It's like, I, I went, tried to go back to fundamentalists. I tried all the shit. I, I freaking was like a sponge and uh, I had to paste, I had to deceive myself in order to survive. I don't know if that makes sense. The self had to, mm. it just was such a huge whack. And I, I can't explain it any, but what's weird lately is yeah. uh, I decided to face this. So alcohol, uh, getting into the program is what helped me face this, whatever this little self was. It was just uh, a, like a terrorist, you know, <laughs> just total terror of trying to figure out what happened to me. And somehow now, I'm ready to receive the message and uh, the recovery has been the, the most amazing spiritual path 
path I've been on. And I've been on a lot of different stuff, but this, with the extra page 64, that has just cinched it. It's like, it. it's just amazing. I can't, <laughs> but Great. I'm just so happy to be here and find a community. There's a lot of people going through this stuff right now. Uh, or thinking they're going through it, I should say, but but it's so, I, I'm just so happy I found my waterhole finally. Um, and um, the selfing goes on, but it's, it is getting, it's like it's thinning out. It's like, you know, it's not this big deal like it, it used to be. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys. Really appreciate all you guys. Thank you, De Deborah, for that share. Deborah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, for me, uh, a lot of the other spiritual ideas was really up in the attic a lot. Yeah. Up here where uh, recovery really worked where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Yeah. And then when there was a lot of uh, undoing and redoing, then I could not leave the ground with my head wanting to be in the stars. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're anchored and now, so it's a much different balance where before it was just a mental addiction, so to speak. Yeah. Way up here. And I was really, the head was using it to disassociate from the body and everything because of getting a lot of physical trauma. So AA sort of got my feet planted in the ground and uh, now I can, you know, gaze at the stars and it works. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. So I, yeah, I truly believe this is what in a way compels a lot of coming here is I, I feel like a lot of the heavy lifting has already been done and hopefully a, a, a simple understanding of the exact nature of the wrong may be really a nice cherry on the top that will uh, like complete the cake, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, yes. So thanks, De Deborah. Yeah, very much. Thanks. Any other hands? Comments, questions? Well, then I'm going to riff a second too, because first of all, a lot of us being here is based on a fundamental miracle that something, somehow, that radioactive isotope that was pulsing in us was removed or dimmed down or someone finally found the light switch. Or, and obviously it was no human power. No human power could do it. Cause I might, you know, my mother wanted me to be sober. I was her youngest and she prayed and she, you know, whatever it was just, I got so many St. Christopher and St. Jude medals from Long Island for my mother and little, prayers for the lost souls and tons of shit and uh 
no human power seemed to be able to do it. And yet something did where, which made, you know, all the climbing now doesn't have that real hardness of, of that urge to go the other way, which was unbelievable. I mean, my urge to escape was paramount. And, uh, but I was trying to escape as self from self, unbelievable. And I was willing to do anything really. I put myself into controlled overdoses on cocaine with the hopes that I'd have at least 20 seconds while the body was dying to be free. Uh, and it made sense in my craziness. So, uh, I mean, all, all this luxury of not listening or listening to this talk these, and coming to the Zoom is all based on that for many of us. Because that unchanged is going to override almost everything else. It's going to be the big elephant in the camper. <laughs> so wherever you go, yeah. And to be relieved of that, just... Uh, and it doesn't wane over the years, you know. I'm as grateful as, I'm not as crazy as I was. So I'm grateful and I'm chilled out at 34 years. But I still have a huge gratitude because uh, there, it was there and then it wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Whatever that was, that there, there, uh, it had a huge influence. And that influence has waned. Yeah, unbelievable. Eh? So, with that as the backdrop, I would I I truly believe we have the ability to entertain a lot of possibilities. It's just when we're entertaining possibilities from self, it limits the possibilities. Yeah, that's part of its bonding activity. Yeah, it's going to let you see, but not much. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just sharing that something opened up about the, that statement in page 64 that changed everything. And it's, it's like the last answer. I haven't had any new updates about it since it revealed itself. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. I'm open. I, the mailbox is there. It can receive a message. I haven't gotten any new ones. <laughs> Basically, it just says, you know, put this out. Try to say it in thousands of different ways, but it's the same message. Yes. I truly believe if the head, your head is like this head, that if you can image that which has defeated you as something foreign, it allows a possibility to arise, which is freedom from it. That probably will not arise with that bondage in place. You're just going to try to be free as it. Yeah. And that's going to frustrate you a lot. And you're going you're gonna to wonder why, and you're going to do just like it said in the book. You're just going to do more. You're going to do more shit thinking it's going to finally break. But at this point, more isn't better. Yeah, because the more you do, the more the head is claiming to be the doer of it. That's the bondage. I've seen bondage in temples. I've seen bondage with people who are super clear, but they're not clear about this one point. 
they think they're a giant spiritual character. Yes. Yes. There's a bondage of self having a field day in amongst the robes and the pews and the temples and the incense and the fucking yoga mats. Yeah, it's just adapted to a new and a new environment and it adapts pretty well. It's like a it's truly like a cockroach better. The selfing will adapt to a new environment. We've put it into a new environment. It wasn't happy the first few years. It's adapted to the environment of recovery. It has. Yeah. So you can't kill it. You just see it as not you. That really kills it because it shrinks its relevance, really. And then it's playing God is tinny and paper thin. Like that tiger that used to seem like it was roaring is it ain't roaring. Yeah. You see, it's truly a paper tiger. The emperor has no clothes. Yes. Yeah. It may have some some peak days or moments, but basically the battle has been won. It's it's its influence is decreasing with every zoom. <laughs> so yes. All right. We got heard Gail. anyone else? Yeah, Gail. Oh Gail, Gail. Nice to see you, Gail. Good to see you. I've been away chasing a couple of little rabbit holes. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I had to scramble back on my pink cloud. Um, to your topic today, it's like, here's the thing. Like I said, I'm the lady on the pink cloud. I'm the person who I got the gift of pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. I came to the end of Gale on March 13th, 2022. I can't, I had lost everything, everything. I'm not, I, I'm, I didn't like, I'm not so proud and big that I figured it all out. I lost it all. If I was in the big book, I'd be in that chapter. She lost it all. And from that day to this day, I have no illusion that I'm in control of anything or anybody. I mean, that was like a white light. That's like, I get that. So my question is, or, or I just like you to give your experience on it. I, I keep, you know, in the rooms, they keep telling me, you know, you got to find the underlying causes. You, you know, there's got to be, you can't possibly be just having a good day every day. And I'm like, yeah, one day at a time when I'm not looking at the past or the future and I'm just dealing with what's up in front of me, bringing my higher power into it for inspiration and keeping my peace, P-E-A-C-E and my P-I-E-C-E, my days are pretty doggone good. And, and, and I'm getting so much pushback on that. Like there's, there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, I, it doesn't feel good every night to be looking at like, okay, what is it, you know, looking for all of what I did wrong. And I look over my day and I'm like, you know what? This is a better day than I've ever had because my higher power is doing it for me. How am I going to nitpick what higher power did for me today? So anyway, I, I just, I, I said, Lord, let me get back to these, to Paul's room <laughs> where people are are saying it's okay to be well, it's okay to be recovered. And it doesn't mean I have to do a psychological dig for the rest of my life as a penance or something. So anyway, thank no. you for letting me get that out. And I'd love to hear whatever you have to share about it. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Gail. Amen. That's what I have to share about it. 
but everyone is well-intentioned, but we only see from our own prejudiced view in most cases, yeah? Yeah. And they're just hoping, they're hoping to sort of, they may believe there's going to be an inevitable fall from grace. And so, in a way. And they're done that. <laughs> you've got to, when you're, your hand is on the pulse, you can feel the drumming and you follow the drumming. Yeah. And then if you're wrong or right, they'll both have value, but at least you're following something. Yes. Yeah. So, hey, uh, yeah, honey, I understand it a lot. We don't, it's funny because in the book, we have a statement by a guy named Herbert Spencer, contempt prior to investigation. And most of us in the community have been caught doing just that. <laughs> we have a lot of contempt prior to investigation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. They have a thing in Australia, it was a sociological study called the tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. And what it was, was that in society, and it's just a generalization, but in Australian society, they'll allow celebrities or like sports stars to be higher. Yeah. But everyone else, they want to cut the poppies down. So everyone's on the same level. Yeah. So that the tall poppies creates a certain anxiety or fear concerning the other poppies. Yes. So it's a, let's cut down that poppy. Yeah. So in a way, uh, the mental state, the selfing usually doesn't rejoice in, uh, in demonstrations of relief from the bondage of self, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It wants to believe that it's going to be super hard and all this shit has to be undone. And basically, uh, to me, it's just like a false prophet up there. Yes. Yeah. So live on the pink cloud. And if you get an eviction notice, we'll bring it to this court and we'll see if we can get it revoked and just, uh, you, you squatted on the pink cloud after a while, it's ownership, babe. So, yeah. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah. You, you want to get, get like uh, correspondence from the pink cloud. It's, it's sort of like, you know, gracious rain down here. So it's good. Yeah. So keep coming back, Gail. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you again. Thank you. Yeah, we got Andrew next. And all right. Hey, Paul. Hey, Andrew. So, uh, when you were talking about the self um, and doer, it brought back experiences of when I when I feel depressed sometimes I I think what's happening is like self latches on to some of these non-dual concepts like there's no doer and it feeds into that and um, 
it just seemed to click. Let me know if this is correct, but it just seemed to click that when that's happening, yeah, that's just that's just self feeding itself, right? Yes. When it, yes. it it grabs on this idea, there's no doer, but really, I'm just yeah. feeling depressed. That's just feeding back into it, huh? Yes, it can. See, Andrew, in a way, this is just how I saw it. So don't, you know, it's not written in stone and it wouldn't matter if it was. You need to sense it yourself in your own way, translate it. But the self thing is mechanical. I use the term self because it's in the big book, but it's really an activity called selfing. It doesn't, it's given too much credit to call it a self because it isn't a thing. It's an activity, yeah, selfing, that the whole activity is to imply and to insinuate and to infer that you're a thing, basically, you know, you're a past thing, you're going to be a future thing, and you're a thing now. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever comes up, whatever topic you're engaged with, Yes, it's going to arise and claim it. So when it hears the topic of non-duality, it may see it as a way of getting out of responsibility. Yes. So, okay. Uh, I don't have, if I'm not a self, then I don't have, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have to do the fourth step. I've heard this many times. And then the person is now a drunk non-dualist. Yeah. So (laughs) the whole idea is to recognize these mechanical activities and they're not pinned on you choosing or not choosing it. You're not choosing to do it. Selfing is not something you're choosing to do. Yeah. Selfing is mechanical. It's a system that does everything to reinforce the system. The system is self-centeredness. So the system revolves around this idea of being a thing. Yes, that's all. So. You hear, you hear a topic, it claims to be the hearer of the topic. And then it tries to understand what it heard by its own understanding, which is, hey, I can use this to get out of some responsibility. <laughs> That's what it does. So you yeah. can see it. And if you can see it, you're obviously not what you're seeing. So what you are is the seeing of this stuff. Yeah. You're the awareness of this stuff not as a thing that's aware, but as awareness itself. Yeah, yeah. So whatever you do, go to Christianity, it'll do the similar thing. It's just whatever it comes in contact with through us, it claims to reinforce its narrative, let's say. Yeah, you can't be, you can be amazed by it, but after understanding it, you won't be surprised by it. Yeah, you'll recognize it. This is what it does. It doesn't matter if it's a rainy day or a sunny day. It just does it. Yeah. There's no doer of it. It's just the doing of it. Yeah. So the real terminology I would use would that would capture it would be selfing. Yeah. Which is a mental activity. It just so happens to reside the same place they say the root of alcoholism resides, which is in the mind. Who would have thought? Yes, they're neighbors. <laughs> I think the underlying addiction is selfing, really, truly. And then all the shit we try to do to get out of it becomes the addictions out here. Drinking, drugs, 
sex, money, whatever. Yeah, but really, they're all attempts to get out of self as self. Yeah. And yeah. It, they don't work, obviously. So, yeah, bro, it's going to happen. Don't be surprised. Yeah. After a while, you, you won't even be amazed because it, uh, the claiming uh, because there's so many things that claims the repetition, the repetition of the claiming, you recognize the claiming, yeah? And you lose interest in all the different things that it claims. You just get the claiming. And that to me is the understanding, yeah? Yeah. It doesn't have choice. It doesn't claim one and not another. It's always in the act of, of being identified as self. It's always claiming the life that's happening to be its life. Yeah. And the emphasis isn't really on the living. It's the emphasis is on the past and the future while living. So you, it tells you a whole lot what its value system is. It has no, it doesn't give any real value to the present moment other than to think about yesterday and tomorrow. <laughs> so, I mean, how, you know, it's sometimes it's, uh, you want to turn away, but you can't when you see the emperor with no clothes. <laughs> oh, buddy, what? Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so hey, thank you, Andrew. I understand uh, every, I feel I have an intimacy with what you describe as what's happening. Because I think I went through it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the first moves my head made about non-duality was I was living in Australia. We had a house and uh, my girlfriend left and said, uh, hey, can you do the dishes and shit? And then when she got back, the dishes weren't done. And so she said, Paul, why didn't you do the dishes? Well, there are, there is no Paul. <laughs> And she said, fuck you, just do the dishes. So, <laughs> the, the immaturity of the head I saw mostly when I first got introduced to non-duality the first few years. Yeah, It was trying to use it for its own agenda, which is what it does. Yes, yes. And yeah. it, I, I'm trying to, in a way, like fight my depression. Like, like I'm still trying to improve my life, doing things focusing on just building a better life and so there's that and then it feels like then there's the non-duality too and Andrew throw in some service of... Andrew throw in some physical service yeah don't because you may have a tendency for introspection and it may go a little extreme it turns <laughs> It's not helpful. So service will pull it out. And I think a lot of times your interest and attention will will uh, build, will be better suited being pulled out and constantly going over stuff. Yes. So service, I feel, is paramount with the condition of the head and being up the ass of self. And so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can find something and I mean, it's just a joy to watch people get us a, a bowl of soup that that's a huge event for them. 
I was just, I had to pick up something at the Salvation Army near here. There was this uh, antique uh, rocking chair and I couldn't put it in the car because I had my bike in the car. So I had to come back Tuesday morning. Yes, because they're closed Sunday, Monday. I got there before the event and they were giving out food in the Mm -hmm. parking lot. The whole parking lot was full. It was a whole bit of culture I don't see usually. And there's all these people and they were giving them bags of food and you could just feel the joy of that giving and every, it was great. I was so happy. I almost felt like I was going to jump in there, but I had to be back for a zoom. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Help people with their, you know, everyone was wanting to be helpful. Oh yes. Pull out because there was no, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, sometimes the introspection isn't good. Uh, isn't good. <laughs> you got to just go out there and fucking put some chairs up or do something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my suggestion from afar. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Andy. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. And then come back and tell us how it's going. Yeah. Because once you fall upon something that works, there may be a lot of scrambling and misinformation, but then it gets to be a habit and you now you're assured. See, I used to do this thing we have in recovery called hospital and institutions. Yes. You had to wait till six months being sober and then you could go to these places, hospitals, and institutions and bring a meeting of AA there. So I signed up and I had a couple commitments a month. And so I went like for 12 years, just kept going. And a lot of nights I was really lost up the ass of the self. And after in about eight or 10 minutes, my attention and interest would be pulled away from that predicament and given to the space. And there was the, the grace and the joy. Yeah. The most it could withstand would be maybe at 12 minutes of the beginning of the meeting. And then the whole fucking story would collapse. And over and over, an 11 year period, I saw how it works. Yes. Yes. So many of us have a tendency to live inwardly. And sometimes that orbit is sort of like a noose. And using the noose to get out of the noose isn't going to work. You know, you got to get pulled out and then you see it differently. Yeah. And service is a. And see, non-duality, because it's loosely, uh, you know, there's, let's say there's, there are some defined groups, and I'm sure they emphasize service, but when you usually go to a little satsang, there's not much to do and stuff. But service, I found, uh, I used to give the talks, and some of the people there, I told them they shouldn't come back for the next talk, just go to do some service. Because they were reading too much, and they were trying to get it and just pull the attention out of that. And you'll feel what you're hoping to get out of reading non-duality. You'll feel it. The availability and the presence and being of service. Yes. That's the, that's, that's the uh, epitome of non-duality. Yeah. Present, available, being of service. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, that's, that's my homework. <laughs> Yeah. So, Paul, I just got a message from Anu that she's coming by uh, Novato. Good. Tell her to come by. 
Hey, so we're about 10 minutes over, uh, but we had a couple of hands. We had Alan, and uh, we had one other hand. Where'd it go? You want to you keep going or you want to? Yeah, yeah, uh, bring Alan in. Al, how about you, buddy? I'm anonymous, uh, schnook with a book. Uh, some guy called me 20 minutes ago. I'm this, that, and the other. And I said, take a breath, listen to what I say. Some people never get to this point. What a blessing that you're seeing this. Hit this link and jump into this meeting, this meeting. So my question is, I can see the self bitch slapping me all up in the place, all over my face. And uh, now what? See, is seeing it sufficient, Mark, like the way I ask a question. So is seeing it sufficient? Now what, senor? Do I take the book well, and slap myself as, as a, sh yes, please. Well, the seeing will set the next dance steps. Ah. That's the beginning of the engagement. Yeah, mm. so the seeing mm. is, is primary. And then you'll find out what you're gonna do. You'll be on a need to know basis. Sometimes it may look like a road answer, but most of the times it isn't, yeah. Follow the yellow brick road. Exactly. You heard the tune and then the direction is set and then follow the yellow brick road, yes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I've had the power all along, you'll tell me next. Well, you got yes, the ruby yes. slippers. You got the ruby slippers, Al. They don't have them in my size anymore. I shoplifted <laughs> them all back in the day. Yeah. Yes. Well, you can skate on some memories, Al. Oh God. Yeah. That memories day. of the day with you were dancing with ruby slippers. See, that's the thing. I romance those memories and self love. Right. Oh, well, you got to be entertained when? somehow. It's not oh. bad. I come here. This is entertaining for me. Like Pops Kurt says, get some popcorn and kick back and enjoy the show, man. It's amazing. All right. Well, there Thanks. you go. And, uh, don't take away all the lovely uh, repainting things in memory. That's great. Shit. I can color outside the line when I repaint this time. I don't have to be oh, perfect. For sure. I mean, uh, I swam in this water in Italy this with the aquamarine color that aquamarine recognition is here right now i can feel it right now we're gonna have a metaphor battle meeting after this one we're gonna everybody sign up on the clipboard metaphor battle i don't All think right, you're gonna you. win in a metaphor battle bro. <laughs> <laughs> i think you should put down pen and paper and and just back off yeah slowly with your ruby slippers back Back, back. <laughs> Al, you right. don't want to go into the heavyweight division, bro. It'll be a very quick knockout. Uh, no, 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 not again. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm, a, I'm a scared. I'm a scared. All right, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Al. We got one more. We got one more, Paul. Uh, Miranda. Yeah, yeah, Miranda yeah. Oh, you busted me. I tried to sneak out. I know you did. But there must be some reason. I don't know. I just felt like I was going to fucking ramble. But I just listening to to Deborah and Gail, I just kind of felt compelled to say something because um, there's, you know, there are a couple of other people that I that I listen to on YouTube and 
um, somebody referred, I've got a lot of trauma, like fucking all of us. Um, but you know, it's kept me in like addiction, depression, and, um, eating disorder since I was a little kid. And, um, ever since having like a real kind of clear protracted awakening, like in February, um, like some of this stuff has like really been coming up and, um, like stronger than it has in a long time. And excuse me one so, second, honey, are you in recovery? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sometimes um, recovery, <laughs> like the 12 steps recovery. Um, not like I'm not working the steps right now. Like I'm not, All right. All um, right. I just wanted to know. All right. Yeah. So, um, but like a, a lot of, a lot of appreciation and, um, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of meetings. I went to Al-Anon meetings when I was younger. My dad's still an addict and, um, and, and my addiction kind of like ebbs and flows and, um, you know, I, another teacher referred me to someone to do this emotional repression work. And, um, I had an experience, um, of getting close to this person and doing longer sessions and, um, then kind of becoming friends with them. And then there was just like lines being crossed and like weird shit coming up. And I, I just realized his relationship with this kind of guru person was off with just all these fucking red flags. And I finally, I was like, no, like, this is just, this is not, uh, this, this is not. Yes. 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 Yeah. Cool. And so basically kind of like what, what Deborah and Gail were talking about, just kind of going off, like everything, the, the second I fucking try and pick up anything anymore, it just falls apart. It's just water in my hands. Like anytime I'm not, you know, really just kind of, if there's a lack of acceptance, if there is um, like it, it, indulging the story, um, it just it, it just causes a lot of suffering and confusion. And so just getting back to the direct message and like, and, and talking to people that like, like Gail was talking about, like, if you're fucking happy, there's something wrong with you. You're obviously like in denial or repressing and it's like, clearly I'd done a lot more work on this stuff and rebuilding my relationships and questioning my own behavior and, um, and, and just coming to a place of like real deep humility with just the, just this whole fucking human experience. And, um, just when you don't see that in someone else and they think they have the fucking answer and there's a map attached to it. It's, it's just, um, yeah, it's just red flags for me. And, um, you know, people need different things at different times, apparently. And, um, but I, I was just kind of reminded that I just need to trust my own instinct. And my instinct is to, is to not give my story a lot of credence. And, um, yeah. And, uh, there, there, are especially like a couple of people that I've listened to, um, in your meetings recently, 
someone in particular who's been through a fucking lot of trauma and there's such clear realization there and um so much humility and and, it, and it's really just been helpful to me it's been a reminder of like to not put myself below people and not like um you know just because i don't I, I don't, I, I, I'm not like a fully realized person. I'm not. Miranda, you're welcome here. Yes. You're welcomed here. Uh, yeah. Thank you. There's a lot of good people here. And uh, You know, we have that thing in recovery. Perhaps people are sick too. There's a lot of unhealed healers. Yeah. A lot of stuff goes on. It's just the way it is. So you have to, uh, and every, every thing has a value because of a message it brings. So maybe you're relying on others has to explode or blow up. So you'll be relying on not you in a sense, but on this power that is you. Yeah. So just if I hope you come back and uh, yeah, just hang out with us. And yeah, you know I, I mean? it, it's yeah. been really, it's been really helpful. And, and it also just, you know, it's, 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 it's a big change. If I would have gone through this experience a couple of years ago, it would have been really devastating. And um, like now I just see that, like, I don't believe that this person has bad intentions at all. Um, I no. think it was a really triggering situation for them and maybe like some good will come out of it and the people that he's trying to help, it, you know, it's just, it's just whatever. It's just, Hey honey, you know, every, you know, like, just like AA, AA is incredibly perfect, but there's people in it, you know? Fuck yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking so, <laughs> It's all going to go sideways with not always but there's it's just uh yeah everyone has their moments of disillusion yes because we have ideas of stuff that doesn't really capture how things are really appearing yes and so you have to be corrected a lot and i find it actually it's love in a way that demands itself from us and uh you know i thought i was successful convening conveniently avoiding a lot of shit before I got sober. And then they all caught up with me when I got sober, but I realized that was just love demanding itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're on the operating table. Don't get up, don't play doctor and maybe don't let some other people play doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just see, see or you'll end up playing doctor. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you, Miranda. Thank you thank for feeling thanks, uh, space for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, thanks. Thanks to everyone. Thank you all for sharing. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. No problem. Anyone else there? It's oh, all right. That's it, Paul. Thanks for the meeting today. And you know, like I like I like to say, thank God I'm not suffering from what's not happening anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. There's enough on your plate than imaginary menus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's just sort of <laughs> take what's going on. Yeah. Hey, thank you. And Andrew, nice to see you, Andrew. And yeah. You too, man. Thank you.
Yes, Mickey, as always, the matriarch. We got Joseph C. Nice to see you, bro. Thank you for coming all these years. Appreciate it. Kathleen, as always, confused and happy. Uh, Roman, next to the radiator. Every year we go through this cycle. It seems even bigger than the one before. What the hell? We got John in Florida. There he is. Nice to see you, John. Chris B, as always. We got cut off, Chris, the other day. I was I'm unhappy I couldn't yell at you more, but it's all right. <laughs> I'll get my chance again. I know it. For some reason, I know I will. Uh, Walter, nice to see you, Walter, as always. Michael, Stacy, Deborah, thank you, Deborah, for sharing that. Yes, I'm happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very, thank you very much for sharing that. And Gail, as always, yes, yes, yeah. Jack G, there he is. Rocking chair is the best way to receive the message. Yeah, I got my, I got that one. I got to, uh, I'm gonna have to work on it a little, I think. Beautiful though. Miranda, thank you for the sharing. We got Bruce, there he is. We got Tony. Hopefully he's not driving while looking at this Zoom. That's good. It's in a parking lot. All right, that's good. Zoe, as always, always a pleasure to see Zoe. Zoe in Arkansas. Oliver Berlin. Vegas, Al, my main man. We got Andrew. There he is. Annette. She always keeps the candle burning. Kurt up there, I missed you. Thank you, Kurt, for everything. And yeah, Kurt uh, has a giant heart of helping. Yeah. Yeah, very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, let me see who else is here. I think, oh, VJ, Annette. Uh, for me, I think that's it. Uh, I think that's it. So, hey, once again, it has been my pleasure to sit with all of you. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming, everybody. We're going to have a live meeting. Thanks. We have a live meeting on Saturday at one, and uh, Christmas Eve, we'll be having a meeting sharing the good news, the gospel. And uh, see you guys. We'll be on the Zoom Saturday. And yeah, see ya. Thank you. you guys have.